members of Scientology. We are anonymous. Over the years, we have been watching you, your campaigns of misinformation, your suppression of dissent, your litigious nature. All of these things have caught our eye. With the leakage of your latest propaganda video into mainstream circulation, the extent of your malign influence over those who have come to trust you as leaders has been made clear to us. Anonymous has therefore decided that your organization should be destroyed. For the good of your followers, for the good of mankind and for our own enjoyment, we shall proceed to expel you from the internet and systematically dismantle the Church of Scientology in its present form. We recognize you as serious opponents, and do not expect our campaign to be completed in a short time frame. However, you will not prevail forever against the angry masses of the body politic. Your choice of methods, your hypocrisy and the general artlessness of your organization have sounded its death knell. You have nowhere to hide, because we are everywhere. You will find no recourse in attack, because for each of us that falls, ten more will take this place. We are cognizant of the many who may decry our methods as parallel to those of the Church of Scientology. Those who espouse the obvious truth that your organization will use the actions of Anonymous as an example of the persecution of which you have for so long warned your followers. This is acceptable to Anonymous. In fact, it is encouraged. We are your SPs. Over time, as we begin to merge our pulse with that of your church, the suppression of your followers will become increasingly difficult to maintain. Believers will become aware that salvation needn't come at the expense of their livelihood. They will become aware that the stress and the frustration that they feel is not due to us, but a source much closer to them. Yes, we are SPs but the sum of suppression we could ever muster is eclipsed by that of your own RTC. Knowledge is free. We are anonymous. We are legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. I love that. I remember that first, first got released. Awesome. That was fucking awesome. Yay. Yeah. So, um, we've talked about Scientology a couple of times on here and oh, Anonymous. And so now we have David. Hello, David. Hey there. How you doing? I am doing well. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, so, Dave, where would you like the spacecraft to go today? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell so, us where to go, Dave. So, um, we, you know, when you guys first started the whole anonymous versus Scientology thing, you guys were getting a ton of press, and you, know, you guys had the whole days where everybody was out in force all over the world, you know, protesting yeah. at the different churches and stuff. Um, but you've been kind of quiet lately as far as we've, we can tell from anywhere, at least as far as mainstream media goes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, part of it too is that uh, I mean, it was it was an amazing story when it came out because nothing uh, of that magnitude had ever been attempted right. uh, specifically against Scientology because everybody, even the people that don't really know a lot about it, knew that they like to sue, they like to do anything they can to ruin people's lives. So, you know, even those that kind of knew some of the backstory and knew enough to stay away had no interest in getting up there on the cross and, and sacrificing themselves. So when when that video came out, when it, when it first came out, it was almost like a uh, sort of a joke right. in that, you know, we expected there to be the online raids. We expected, you know, people would probably start firing up every botnet they had. But we were we were all pretty amazed when people actually went to the street and we saw it happening, you know, in real time around the world. And and sure enough, every city started to fall right into place. You know, we we it was something like seventy five or eighty different um, cities around the world participated. Damn. And yeah, it, it was crazy. We have um, you know, there's tons of anon memes, you know, that are picked up from popular culture and just random stupidity. And one <laughs> of them um, is the the joke that there's over nine thousand of us. And once we'd done the head counts for the day, we realized that we'd actually had almost 10,000 people there <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> we're like, all right. We were awesome. lying. <laughs> Life imitating art. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, um, we, we certainly haven't gone away, um, much to the church's chagrin. They, um, but but there's, the story is, it, it's certainly not as appealing as it once was because everybody expected us to do our thing, you know, two, three months, even at the six month mark, people were still amazed that we were, were still out there. Right. It's now, it's now like 18 months and we still have, uh, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40 cities worldwide that, that do monthly protests still Damn. or participate in, in some level. 
so it's it, it's been amazing just to ourselves. We we did actually make a little bit of news. You might have seen it, but it's not actually as relates to Project Chinology, which is the the Scientology you know angle. Right. We um, you, you might have heard you know the whole Iranian thing in the news with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something happened in of, Iran. The whole, the yeah, whole I know. Iran thing, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as soon as as soon as we heard that the protesters there were were using the internet to, you know, to organize and rally and get people out there, we were very pleased because we knew that um, we had sort of, you know, paved that way or helped to pave that way, I should say, um, by showing people how it can be done. So we thought, well rather than forcing them to learn it all on their own, what if we could try to show them what we've learned and provide them the resources that we have seen, you know, work in real life. Nice. Um, particularly because the government began blocking, you know, Facebook and all the other social media sites. Right. We went, well, we know a little bit more about getting around those sorts of bans. And, and frankly, we're, well, we are known on the internet. We're probably not known to the Iranian government, and so they're not going <laughs> to have us blocked already. <laughs> so we we set up um, Iran dot where we basically put up forums. Uh, we worked with the guys at the Pirate Bay, yeah. who gave us just a, an amazing amount of coverage. Oh, that's um, cool. Which yeah, they were really fantastic. They're very cool guys. Um, and we got we got a bunch of tour nodes set up specifically for it. We got a bunch of proxies set up, and we began getting the information out to the uh, the tweeters out there that yeah. were that were on the scene. Yeah, and because I, I, I remember after that had gone up, uh, I know Snow and I were trying to burst shit out as much places as we could to try and get yep. any information we could to anyone. Um, so I think it's so cool to see how some of the the social media that's been out there that's been used to you know tell people like when you're taking a shit or what colored <laughs> carrots you're eating or how good the hamburger like, was yeah. yeah right is like is like actually being used for for some really awesome and viable means to to give people back freedoms that that they either have had or had taken from them or didn't have before so Absolutely. i think it's just it's so cool to to see some of that stuff come together. There were, there were two articles that I saw actually when you were, when you brought the Iran thing. There were two articles that came out shortly after um, the whole Iran thing started getting really big press. And one one said how Twitter saved Iran, yeah. and and then like the next day, somebody completely different on a different uh, complete different news uh, news site said uh, wrote an entire article about how Iran saved Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would I would definitely say that the two go hand in hand. Oh, I, I can I can imagine that the Twitter guys did not exactly envision themselves setting up a network for protesters to organize on. No, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But I bet they were very happy when they saw it happening. I heard actually some cool things too about um about Twitter and their response to it. Um I know that one of the days they were planning on you know they have their routine maintenance just like anybody else yeah it it fell on one of the days at the very beginning of the iran protest and so a bunch of the tweeters started um you know asking twitter to please delay it and so they pushed it back like 12 or 24 hours or something wow. so that it wouldn't you know hit them right during that moment that critical moment right so that's, that's cool awesome. to see a company willing to you to, know to, to do something to move, like that. move things around a little bit to help well, people or to, to yeah. have some social responsibility because there's so many companies now that are just Fuck it, we have to get this. Yeah, out. they're like, fuck it, we just need to make money. Fuck everyone yep. else, you know. And it's 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 cool to hear that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, you guys don't always get a lot of press coverage for some of the things you do. I know you and I have talked in the past about yep. people you've talked to personally about about the Scientology concerns. Um, you know, like Will Smith's school. I know yeah. That, um, that was something that I thought was really cool that he actually sat down and talked with you guys about that, right? Yeah, that was actually really amazing. It was um, it was last September. We were deciding. I'm in Los Angeles, and so most of my uh, experiences, as far as you know, going out and being an activist or whatever, um, have all occurred in the greater Los Angeles area. Which you know is lucky, I <laughs> guess, in that we've yeah. we've got the uh, the largest amount of Scientologists in the world here. Uh, and so the troll bait is just amazing. You know, <laughs> I really respect the the people in places like St. Louis or Buffalo that manage to still get out there and and do their thing because it's not like here. Here we go out there and they have uh, these people uh, that work for the the church called handlers, and their job is to do exactly that to handle situations. Uh, they're not usually the brightest people in the world, 
and typically they consist of uh, some party line uh, words and a video camera and their right. job is to quote unquote document our continued harassment of their church so we at least we know we're going to go out there we're going to have some fun with them we're going to tell them things that they don't want to hear about their church we're going to uh, you know enlighten them and we're going to make them question exactly why they're doing the things that they're doing. Right. You go out to someplace like St. Louis, and they're lucky to, to see a Scientologist. Like, they've got a building there. <laughs> but nobody goes in, you know? Right. I mean, they still they want them out of their community. But, but yeah, that's hard. So, so last September, um, Will Smith was getting a little bit of press coverage because he opened up the New Village Leadership Academy, which is a, um, a private school up in Calabasas. It's in a pretty fairly rich area of, uh, of LA and he was not openly stating that it was a Scientology school but we quickly found out that he was using um, this teaching method called applied scholastics applied scholastics is basically just a fancy way to say Scientology book learning <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to go through um, you use the tech it, that's Scientology calls everything that Ron uh, L. Ron Hubbard taught them. It's it's called the technology. He you know brought down the technology from the stars and has given it to all of us so that we can become better Thetans. Better fucking awesome Xenu warrior. Better at tech. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So so they um they were using applied scholastics. Um, they wouldn't admit it. So we were like, screw it. Let's go out there. You know, we'll take the morning off work and. We'll head out there and do our thing. So we show up on the the morning of what's supposed to be their school opening, according to their website and everything else. And you know, there's only like four or five of us. We even we're trying to be extra cautious because you know it is it's kids, right. and we're, we don't want to scare the kids. We just want to make a point. You know, we want to get the attention of the parents so that they will then go home and maybe Google something that they hadn't even considered, um, and get get the other side of the story. So we're out there. We've got like our masks, but we, uh, but we're not even wearing. We're just kind of holding them so that, you know, people recognize who we are, but we don't scare the crap out of these little kids. And uh, nobody shows up. We're like, well, that's that's weird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> apparently school's closed. <laughs> so we we end up talking to a guy there who's who's just being you know kind of low key, acting like he's just one of the the neighborhood guys. Turns out he's the director of security for <laughs> Will Smith's family and for the school. Um, very very nice guy, very cool. Took our flyers, talked to us. Um, he told us, hey, you know, it was it was my call. I knew that we had to push back a week on opening the school, and I figured let's just leave this up so I can see exactly who shows up here, and I can know whether we need to be worried, whether we need to have security, or whether you guys are just out here doing your thing. Um, we told him, you know, yeah, we're going to come back again. <laughs> I mean, now that we know what the real thing <laughs> is, but uh, you know, whatever. I'm glad that we had this had this good conversation. So, flash forward a week, we go back again, um, and this time it's it's the real deal. You know, all the teachers are out there, students pouring in. You know, just like Maserati after BMW pulling into the parking lot to drop off um, their kids. You know, like I saw Cedric the Entertainer in there. It was definitely a lot of um, uh, Will's friends. Yeah. So, sure enough, Will Smith pulls in with, uh, I think it was Jaden, his little one, um, and goes into the school. We see him. He's talking to some of the parents and everything. And again, we're just doing our thing. We're handing out our uh, our flyers to anybody, getting lots of, of honks and appreciation from the neighbors. But <laughs> nobody from the school is really paying that close of attention to us. So, they, uh, Miguel, the, uh, the the director the uh, of security guy, comes over to us and says, hey, uh, the man wants to, to have a word with you if you guys can hang out for another 30 minutes or so. We're like, you're talking about, you know, Will Smith? And he's like, yeah, yeah, he wants to come over and, you know, kind of let you guys know where his head's at with it and wow. what we're trying to do here. And so he, uh, sure enough, you know, 30 minutes goes by, he finishes doing his hello to the parents and everything. The kids get started on their day of school. He comes over and, and has a conversation with us. Probably talked to us for about 15 minutes. Um, very, you know, very polite, well-spoken guy. Um, I'm not just saying that because he's black. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. Nice. And, uh, but I mean, it definitely, it felt like a little bit of the Hollywood schmooze. Like, he was definitely on. Right. right. He was he was being his, his charming, you know, Will from Philadelphia kind of guy. 
and trying to tell us, you know, God, ah, there's nothing wrong here. You know, it's just I'm friends with Tom Cruise. Um, Jaden was having a really hard time, uh, like not necessarily learning how to read, but you know, appreciating reading and advancing with it. Okay. And so they tried a bunch of different things, and apparently, Tom Cruise was like, "Oh, try you know, try this applied scholastics, this you know, this technology. You'll love it." And for whatever, it, it worked for Jaden. He he was able to begin appreciating it. And so they thought, well, let's let's include this in our school because we saw it help our own kid. Let's you know let it help other people. It sounds very noble and and like you know, oh, okay, I totally understand right. why he would do that, and I do understand his mentality. But he's missing a couple of uh, key flaws uh, with that, which is one: when you use applied scholastics, it's not free you have to pay the Church of Scientology to use their technology. It all goes back to funding all of the bad things that we're protesting. Right. Um, he insists that, to his knowledge, they're not paying anything for it. Mm-hmm. And that very well could be true when you consider the fact that he keeps making fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars $75,000 donations to the church. <laughs> so, yeah, you're paying for it a different way, but on the books, yeah, maybe you're getting it for free. Um, the other side of it is that and, and this is just excluding the big, bare bones fact of their tech. The tech sucks. It's really crappy. I've talked to multiple kids that grew up in Scientology and had to go to these schools, and they're they're dumb as rocks. Like they just they don't know real words. L. Ron Hubbard was famous for making up his own words. Well, yeah, and then and then just saying that's what you use. So well, they come out and they science, try to. He was, he, was a, he was a science fiction author. He wasn't uh, a god. He, he was yeah, a, and he was a bad science fiction author. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen Battlefield Earth? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> or shall I? <laughs> Dude. So you know, you're you're giving them a bad education, and then furthermore, let's say that um, let's say it's only used a little bit. Let's say that there's just a few key things they use, but otherwise they use all these other de- different teaching methods. What you've just done is basically told this kid that the name L. Ron Hubbard is reasonable and that he should accept what this person has to say and that he's a, you know, an author and a physicist and all these other lies. And so they're giving him credibility by having him associated with what might be a good school. Right. And so all in basically every way you look at it, it's, it's just a bad situation, but we were very lucky to at least have gotten to pitch that directly to the guy himself. Yeah. Uh, Not only that, but they let us talk to uh, the faculty, uh, we had like a big sit-down wow. discussion with them, um, and it, it, to an extent, I know that it was handling us in the sense that he wants to put on a good show, he wants to make us feel loved, and then we won't necessarily show up, you know, every single week. Right. Um, he didn't really have to do that because it's so far out of the way, and most of us work or have you know school or anything else that keeps us busy that. We're not going to go out there regularly. That's it's cool. I got, I, got, I got clients out in that area. I'll stop by. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> What's up? Not, not real hard. <laughs> I'm right down the road. I know exactly where it is. I can yep. I can see it from one of my clients. It's a beautiful area, like you know, big rolling hills. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great place to get indoctrinated. If, uh, <laughs> if, if, it's any, uh, if it's any good consolation, my BlackBerry doesn't think Scientology is a word. <laughs> <laughs> It was going through spell check. I'm like, ah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, no, it's cool that you guys actually because I know I know you guys got a lot of of I guess there's not really such a thing as bad press, right? Because not for us, we are attention whores. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I know you at first you guys were being called a lot of names and being called you know terrorists and and people are going to be bad and act act. Uh, What's uh, violently? I guess was was the scare that you guys were going to physically assault people and shit. Yep. Um, yeah, there I, were a lot of theories. Yeah, and I don't think any of that ever happened. No, it's actually pretty amazing. We've been um, we've been going. So the the main website that we have right now is uh, it's called whywheprotest.net. dot net. Okay. Um, very you know <laughs> easy to remember. Uh, the only thing that sucks is the net part, but what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> And we've got something. We've got. I think we're approaching a million posts on that forum. That's uh, awesome. We've got like twenty thousand members, a couple thousand of which are active. And the the point I'm making is that we've got so much information on there about everything that's happened. So we've been recently trying to get a little bit more organized and uh, getting a wiki up in place. Thanks. One of the things that we've been doing with the wiki is uh, documenting any like police activity. 
any sort of bad things that have happened out there and then any violence that has happened towards us. Mm. So the only um, the only bad things that you know we have done as a collective, there have been a couple of questionable incidents um, <laughs> that are they're all they're all nonviolent, but they are certainly uh, in poor taste. I would say. Um, I know I saw a video once where a a guy in a in a Guy Fox mask walked up to a, a Scientology org. What's uh, what they call their churches? Right and. And like just peed right on the front step of it, <laughs> <laughs> and like his friends are across the Sounds street like filming, and he keeps like looking over his shoulder and like doing the little spray, you know, as he as he goes. <laughs> okay, oh writes his name. But you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, writing his name in the sidewalk there. And all in all, definitely not the right thing to do. Pretty funny though. Oh, very um, funny. And nobody gets hurt. Whatever. Um, another incident was. Um, there was a, an Anon who, who went for this operation by the name of Agent Pubit. And he was, uh, he was an interesting character. He's up in New York. And so what they did was they got oh, a bunch of the, the, the Anons in the local cell that. to shave down their pubes, <laughs> put them in a big bag. Uh, everybody like clipped their fingernails, toenails, oh, God. just all this grossness. Put it in a big bag, right? So then he strips down to just his boxers, and they just uh, smear him in Vaseline just everywhere. And then they just start patching pubes and (laughs) fingernails on him. And... And so now he's so he's, he's got this and he's wearing a mask. So this is like uh, I think it's January, uh, oh, January shit. December, something like that. So yeah. it's not exactly warm in New York at this time. So his nuts are going up inside him, going fuck you. Yeah, exactly. So he then proceeds to walk down the street. It's just him and, and the camera guy, and uh, he runs into one of the orgs, and then he just begins touching all of the books. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's just going through, and you could see the guy like videotaping through the window. Right, and uh, he's just running through, just touching everything as as madly as he can, <laughs> and then goes running out. And uh, he's screaming something the entire time, and uh, and so they bail, and like they make it out scot free. So then there's apparently there's another org just around the corner of that one, and so he goes hauling ass down the street a couple of blocks, gets into the other one, and then runs in, does the same routine, only this time. There's like a, a delivery guy or something in the way who yeah. he bumps straight into. There's pubes everywhere, <laughs> and uh, and the best part is if you look it up on um, on YouTube or anything, there they harmonized a a song in the background about Brave Agent oh, Pubit and his <laughs> so and awesome triumph. Yeah, nice. It's definitely one worth watching. Yeah, we'll, so we we'll put uh, that one up on the site. We, we it's did hysterical. that. Is it funny? Yeah. Somebody, uh, the the guys actually. They pressed Scientology, figured out who they were, and pressed charges against them. Tried to get them charged with a hate crime, uh, which did not work. Uh, the judge dropped it down to like a misdemeanor or something like that. Right. The judge so, was uh, like a professional waxer, maybe, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but that's really the that's the extent of the of the bad stuff. Um, right. Everything else has been, you know, just your your normal. We are probably much tamer, realistically, than than most of the protesters out there. Certainly more so than people like PETA. Like PETA, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You don't like kill. they they get downright nasty, and us, we're gonna say some stuff you don't want to hear, particularly if you're a Scientologist, because we're gonna tell you, you know, our perceived truth on the matter. Right. And uh, but but as far as the general public goes, they love us. We. We're pleasant to talk to. We've got informative flyers. We have fun. We do ridiculous things. <laughs> we have yeah. a uh, we have a five foot volcano on wheels out here in Los Angeles. Oh, for dynamics. with like <laughs> with a smoke machine inside <laughs> that we sometimes drag out to the protest with us. Nice. You know, represents you know for those that don't know, OT three the, yeah. is their super secret. Uh, now we tell you that it's really all about aliens level uh, that you have to pay a couple hundred thousand to get to where you find out that Lord Xenu dropped a bunch of aliens into a volcano in Hawaii and blew them up <laughs> and that's the reason that we have all these problems so right. we uh, we drag that thing down the street going hey look everybody it's Xenu it's incident two and uh. all, the people, all the people that aren't at that level which is the majority of them all of right. a sudden they have to go and explain to their auditor 
why they heard this and what it made them feel and just all this ridiculousness. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love it. That's it, yeah. But I, and, uh, now, now we need like we need like a Macy's float. <laughs> of a <Yeah>. volcano. <laughs> Dude, that'd be the shit. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, I, I know you guys have helped actually some of the neighbors of the big LA Scientology building too, right? The the big giant fucking yeah. thing. That's that's that was one of those times where I was actually very impressed with us. It's amazing what um you you get a, a collective of jackasses together <laughs> and and every once in a while somebody really comes through and shines with a good idea that they're willing to follow through on. Right. Um, so one of the one of the chicks out here went through um, and decided she made friends with a couple of the the people that live on L. Ron Hubbard Way um, in Los Angeles. That's right. We are lucky enough to have a street named after a cult leader here yeah, in Los Angeles. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not offensive at all. <laughs> so. Uh, so basically, Scientology was shutting down L. Ron Hubbard Way every. Friday, um, all year long, and they would do like the setup on Thursday, have their big uh, graduation ceremony for all the people that had taken courses that week or whatever, and then break it down on on Saturday. And so that's three days that the people that live on that street that are not Scientologists had to listen to this loud noise, couldn't use their street, um, couldn't get food delivered because Scientology would not allow anybody through. Um, if you like. I heard about a, a woman whose birthday happened to fall on one of those days, and her friends were denied access to come in to her. Oh, um, you know, it's just things that are maybe not a, a major deal, you know, when you listen to them, but imagine dealing with yeah, that I mean, day in and day yeah, out. Deal with it every fucking there. day, just because you happen yeah. to live there, probably, and even, even if you lived there before that fucking thing got so popular. Yeah. So... And it was it was certainly you know a mixture of listening to their plight, listening to the fact that they were scared. Like none of them would go out and talk about it. They would maybe talk to us privately, but they w- had no interest in speaking out publicly because they were scared of the cult and what you know. They see all of these like drones walking around there daily, and they're justifiably worried about what kind of retribution would come their way. Right. So we. We managed to get one of them to go down with us to the city council, um, spoke in front of the city council, explained what the situation was like. The city council had been given the impression that everybody that lived on that street was a Scientologist and that Mm -hmm. it was all used to Scientology birthing. I have no idea who would have given them that impression. Yeah, that's weird. No, that's that's, that's strange. So we managed to, uh, after a couple of visits and... Uh, lots and lots of phone calls to the uh, different council members. Uh, we got them to one believe that we're not a terrorist group, um, <laughs> and the two huge accomplishment. Yeah, what they were doing on the street is illegal. It, it doesn't. They're not allowed to do that. They're abusing the permit system. So now they're not allowed to shut down that street except for like very special events, uh, which we're still contesting, and we're still winning ground on. So it, it's the little stuff like that that is very boring and is not, you know, the exciting hackers on steroids kind of crap. Right. But that's that's the stuff that actually gets, one, it gets them pissed off because it's showing that they're not as powerful as they say they are. Right. And two, it, it inconveniences them and gives the power back to the people that actually live there as it should be. Well, I mean, can't, can't like, each person who's not a Scientologist get a permit to throw a party once a month and then... You know, pretty much probably like 30 or 40 or 50 days a month, you can close down that part of the street so that they can't come in. You would think so. <laughs> That'd um, be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> we, we actually had a – it was sort of a pipe dream, but we were trying to figure it out. Um, the person who I was just telling you about that lived on the street and went and spoke in front of the <clears> city <throat> council, she uh, was moving. She'd had enough of that street. She was just looking for a new place to live. And so her last couple of months, she was willing to really put her neck on the line. So once she moved out, they were having a hard time filling that apartment. So we were trying to get enough people together that would be willing to make <laughs> monthly donations that we could rent it, not even have anybody live there. Just I just wanted house. to use it as a place to store our signs so that we could have like barbecues and set everybody out on the front lawn. Uh, we wanted to put up uh, cameras and like a scrolling marquee that people could 
put messages in from the internet. <laughs> we had grandiose dreams. Unfortunately, awesome. $1,500 a month for a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> is really hard to, to swing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I would imagine so. Yeah. There's, oh. there's, we have a lot of pie-in-the-sky ideas that we hope to someday uh, manage to achieve, but on the other hand, I hope that we just hurry up and finish the job so we can all move the fuck on. <laughs> I do not want to make a life out of being a professional Scientology troller. <laughs> but uh, I imagine there's not a lot of money in that. No. In fact, you have no idea how much this crap has cost me. <laughs> oh, I can they only have, imagine. They have these um, these different stories that are fed down the lines in Scientology to you know its members as far as why we were there. Yeah. And we've they've just run the gamut depending on who you spoke to and who they spoke to. Um, back in what was it, January, February of last year, initially it was that we were part of the fifth invasion of the Markabian fleet sent down by evil psychiatrists Whoa. to destroy the good work of Scientology. Wow. <laughs> Just to turn like alien? amazing bullshit. Did you tell them thank then, you? What's that? Did you, did you tell them thank you? Dude, now you're part yeah. of their religion. That's awesome. <laughs> Fucking, that's so cool. And that, I mean, that was mostly for the high-level folks because those are the people that already knew the space opera right. behind uh, you know Hubbard's work. And then as we didn't go away and more – because initially they were just telling the Scientologists, don't come on this day. We're doing a remodeling. You don't want to be here. Right. And for those, those few unlucky ones that didn't get the memo, they would take them inside and block them in there for like eight or ten hours to make sure that we were gone. Um, we had some interesting stories from people that – that eventually left because of that because they were holding them in a room in like the center of the building with no windows so they couldn't look out and they just want to know like why are these kids out there and why do they have all these signs and eventually after they weren't able to answer the question long enough they they started looking on the internet and decided maybe it's time to bail <laughs> that's awesome yeah I have no idea where I was going with this. <laughs> that, that's quite all right. Sorry, we don't have any idea we, where we're we, going with yeah, the we're podcast. Just, so. We're just kind of like, hey, <laughs> in general. Let's call, up, let's call up David and get him on the podcast. <laughs> well, cool, man. And I, I know you've, you've had some, some uh, personal dealings with people, I guess, I guess uh, responses from the church. Yeah. they Los Angeles, um, like I said, it has the largest collection of Scientologists one area which it really isn't saying all that lot because I according to like census information and what we've been able to figure out we think there's only less than maybe 50,000 Scientologists worldwide but having said that there's thousands that live here in Los Angeles in the Mecca um, although it's not their <laughs> official Mecca oddly enough um, so they were very concerned about the response um, of Anonymous to to them and so they they sent out PIs um, very hard in in LA in Clearwater and in New York, um, and they were they were pretty obvious at first because it's especially in the beginning all you have to do is like rattle off a meme or anything retarded at somebody and just gauge what their response is and then you decide <laughs> if you want to like continue a conversation with them or not. Um, <laughs> and then there's the other people that are just like you know creepy like mid forties guy hanging out with the baseball cap taking photos of everybody right. yeah you're not drawing any attention to yourself <laughs> yeah right so they uh we we lasted quite a while we did a good job of you know maintaining our anonymity we were taking you know using the the transit system making sure that if we had to park somewhere we parked really far away so that we could make sure nobody was following us um and it still happened uh, i i would often I would still drive my truck. I would just pull all the plates and I would cover the VINs and I would just put my old dealer tags back on. Um, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Fuck you guys. Find out that I have a white truck. I don't care. So that worked for a good four or five months. Um, and then one day we went out to uh, to do another one of our events and there, there must have been close to 30 private investigators out there. They were just following us everywhere. Like, wouldn't... Sh Normally, you walk a couple blocks, you spot them, whatever, they, they drop off. No, they were like, I don't care. You can fucking see me. I'm still following you. <laughs> so they managed to, uh, to ID a bunch of the Anons. And then it all like, began falling into place after that. It's, it's really hard to, to do a good job of maintaining your anonymity if you're going to keep doing the same thing over right. and over. Right. 
you know, it's it's difficult, even for people that know better. Um, and a lot of these people didn't exactly grow up in, like, the hacking scene or anything. They're not used to the idea of uh, secrecy. Yeah, people watching you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not privacy freaks or anything like some of us. And so it, it, it was difficult for them. Um, over the rest of the year, they, they probably have ID'd almost everybody um, that goes out and actively protests in Los Angeles now. And, and they sent us... Um, here and around the U.S. where they were also able to do it, um, cease and desist letters. So they send us this awesome letter, which basically, it's a two-page thing signed by you know whatever random lawyer they had do this one. And the gist of it is, hey, look, we're not saying that you're doing anything illegal, but if you are, you need to stop. <laughs> and, and we are saying that Anonymous is a bunch of terrorists, that they've sent us anthrax and these bomb threats and blah, 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 blah. Um, so anyway, if you're doing this, we're not saying you can't have your First Amendment, but you need to stop. And it, <laughs> essentially, it was just a, a pseudo-legal way for them to say, we know where you live, right. and, and try to scare off a bunch of people. That's and to an extent, it worked. You know, we, we lost some people. That just, they, maybe they were younger. They lived with their family. Maybe they were older and lived with their family. Right. And, and they just their family did not understand why they were doing this and wanted no part of it. And so as the aggression kind of crept up, they, it didn't take a lot and they, they just bailed. There were those of us like myself that took it more as a personal affront. And for me, I'm like, well, now that you're trying to make this personal, I wasn't protesting, you know, specifically Joe Schmo Scientologist. I was protesting the organization and how it's run. Now that you're coming to my house, you're leaving these, uh, these letters for me, you're trying to threaten me, fuck you, I'm not going anywhere. Right. Now that you, now that you know me, I've got no reason not to, or, you know, not to stay. Right. Now, now that you know who I am, fuck it, I got nothing else to lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I figure at this point, if uh, if we all stop doing this today, and then you know, and they recovered from the damage that we've done already, then a couple of years down the line, once they're feeling pretty secure again, they're probably going to bust out that list of people that pissed them off in the past, and they're going to try to grind them into the dirt. Because they have to prove a point to their own members that you don't fuck with Scientology, uh, and that's that's a point they're having a really hard time proving right now. For as long as we stay out there, right? But yeah, they've they've come to my house. Um, I would say a total of five or six times now. the The first time was just to give me that cease and desist letter. The second time, they showed up with a um, one of our regular handlers that they would bring out had a stack of flyers. So they've got these two flyers, and they're they're passing them around the neighborhood. They they say anonymous at the top. They've got two pictures: one of me with my mask, and one without. <laughs> and then uh, it's got my name, my address, and at the bottom it says anonymous no more. So pretty cryptic. Um, obviously meant to be a scare tactic to me specifically, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense to your neighbors and, who don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so they they printed out another flyer that they dropped along with it. That, that says anonymous frequently asked questions and then it's just got the most asinine basically what they did was they went onto the various wikis um you know like encyclopedia dramatica anything that has anything to do with anonymous and they just quoted a bunch of excerpts from there and threw it in with headlines so you read the damn thing and it it doesn't make a lick of sense to anybody (laughs) but again i feel personally attacked and so uh, I go out there and I talk to them and I convince them that they, sh- they should leave. And they do. <laughs> and, uh, they, but the, the crazy part was that he had a camera crew with him. Like, well, it was like a guy with a pretty high-end video camera there specifically designed to uh, video my reaction, I guess, and determine if they had something good there they could try to use against me. Right. Or at least to, you know, to record their own wins, as they call it. Um, so that they could all stroke their own dicks about how awesome they are. So they've shown up another four times since then to successfully pass this flyer out around my neighborhood. I've talked to a few of my neighbors about it. I've got like a whole stack of these because usually they they make sure to leave one on my step two so that I know that they did it. And then it'll be early in the morning, so I'll just walk around. I'll pick up a bunch of them because my neighbors don't need to throw away this crap that they don't care about. Right. And the ones that I have talked to go, oh, that's about Scientology? Oh, yeah, those fuckers are crazy. <laughs> it doesn't exactly work. The, the problem is that Scientology, because they're stuck in the teachings of L. Ron Hubbard, 
they still treat the world like it's 1952. Right. They they still think that like my world is going to be ended if my neighbors think ill of me. I just don't know what I will do. I don't give a fuck what my I don't even know half of them. I know the people right next door to me because I don't want them to call the cops. Yeah. That's that's it. I don't give a fuck what any of them think. It's awesome. So this this line of attack is certainly flawed. So so what happens if you just go out and print like 5,000 copies of the flyer they're handing out and hand them out for them? And hand them out for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we uh they would uh, they would start doing the same thing during our protests where they would um, they would stand a couple of Scientologists down the block from each side of us, and then they would try to get to the people first, telling them that we're a hate group, calling us the KKK, um, uh, aligning themselves to be the Jews and us the Nazis, uh, that sort of thing. They're they're nothing if not dramatic. That's and awesome. so we would just print out flyers that looked very similar, and we would Good. just hand it to them. And all you got to do is say, "Yeah, that that one you got, that's from Scientology." Do you want to hear what we have to say? And they would just wad it up, throw it down, and take ours and walk away. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome. Turns out nobody likes Scientology. Yeah, go figure, huh? Yeah. Yeah, go surprise. Wow. Well, the, last the last Scientologists that approached me were, were in Oslo, Norway. So that was kind of interesting. They were which one? In Oslo, in uh, Norway. Yeah. I'm like, what? Is spread over here? There, there's, there, there's actually a podcast episode we, we did, God, a little while ago. That uh, it, it's it's Chris and I telling the story of how we were in uh, Tampa at the time and and got bored, so we decided to walk into the Scientology office down there and take the tests. <laughs> oh, dude, that was, that was entertaining. It was so much fun. I mean, we like we don't feel like spending money anymore. What should we do? <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, come on, this will be really fun. He's like, what? I'm like, come on, let's go and take tests and fuck with them. It'll be great. And, you know, we were using the little uh, e-meters, and I was making, uh, you know, answers to, like, all right, think of something that's, you know, really positive in your life. And I was telling them stories about how, you know, my dad used to get all fucking jacked up and coked up and chased my mom around the house with a knife. <laughs> and, and it was, like, you know, looking like that was making me happy on their little e-meter. And she's like, I think it's broken. I'm like, no, 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 it's really fucking awesome. I was just thinking of those things. <laughs> she's like, wow, we're, you're we're, fucked We're up. both taking the test, and Chris is like, hey, what'd you get for number seven? <laughs> <laughs> I got B. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. At the end, were you guys both really depressed and stressed out and only Scientology could help you? Uh, no, actually, <laughs> no. I was not. He was God, and, and, the lady was and like, I lied all the time. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> but we, we, we were both told that um, we, we lie a lot, and we were both like, yeah, that's, that's what, <laughs> like, we, what we do. It's <laughs> our job. Part of my function yeah. in the world. <laughs> and so after I cleared up that one, the lady's like, well, you're really intelligent. You're really happy with your job, and you seem to have a good relationship with your family, and blah, 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 blah. She goes, well, I guess um, if you ever feel like you need help, you could come back and see us. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. And then it kind of went into it, this whole thing of like, well, you said I'm really good here and I'm above average here and I'm, you know, all these great numbers and how great and how great all these test results are. Like, so if I came back and you guys made me better, doesn't that kind of make me God? <laughs> and the lady just looked at me, she's like, you have to go now. <laughs> oh, you're one of them. Someone with a sense of humor. We will not tolerate that within Scientology. <laughs> they really liked us, though, because we, yeah. we scored like over 150s on their IQ oh, test. We and they're like, you got to be part of this. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> they, so. They ended up going through like three E-meters on Chris. Because <laughs> they, they used all the ones in the place. And I'm and like, you guys, you guys got to touch a lot of cans. Oh, dude, it was great. <laughs> and, and I was like... It's like, guys, it's not that hard. Look, more surface area, thing goes up. Less surface area, thing goes down. Like, as long as you don't see me opening and closing my hands, this will be really fun. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you giving us some time and, uh, and Absolutely. coming on and talking about it. And um, you know, what, What's the website again It's it, that you mentioned earlier? Uh, whyweprotest.net is probably the easiest. But honestly, if you, uh, if you just Google Anonymous... The first like seven hits are all us. So okay. go out there, learn a bit, see if you two are a retard and and you <laughs> want to piss off a multinational mega billion dollar cult. Because I can tell you, it's actually a lot of fun. My life has gotten a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, cool man. The, the the next two people that we have on are actually chapter members in other areas. So oh. they they can they can give some uh, some experiences of their own on top of their their tech babble that they're gonna give. <laughs> Very cool. I have to check in. So yeah. right on. Cool, man. All right, Thank we'll talk you. talk to you later, man. All right, bro. Take care. All right. Thank you, guys. See you. Wow, I just learned so much. That was so fun. Oh yeah, it's a great. It, the I remember when they when they started, everybody was like, "Oh man, it's a bunch of fuck kids and there gonna be a bunch of jackasses." And you know, I do remember there were 
individuals who were doing like DDoS attacks on the church and all that. But it was actually funny because Anonymous was like, hey, it wasn't us. We didn't authorize this. It's not us. We didn't do this. And they've done a really good job of actually protesting in a very um, organized, organized and I don't know, a professional yeah. way as much as you could um, and actually help some people out. So. Guys did well. That's awesome. How'd we do? We had two voicemails. Oh, Slim Jim called in and somebody else too. We had two. <laughs> we got two voicemails. Let's listen to them. Let's, let's see on. what happens. <clears throat> now, now's where you take a drink. By the way, yeah. Drink. There you go. Hey, Chris and gang, just trying to find out about the invite information I've seen in Twitter. Yeah, uh, we're gang. This is Slim Jim 100. I'll be up at DevCon uh, next week. Shortly. Anyway, uh, hit me back Whatever. at you're coming. Anyway. Slim Jim 100 at gmail.com. Nice calling you guys. Later. <clears throat> um, you should probably add a Twitter saying invites gone. Yeah, if um, if anybody doesn't know him, uh, he's the one who runs Plain Text Info, uh, who oh, does yeah, all the password yeah. hash cracking, yeah. um, and they're they're now releasing the Open Hash Project, which has terabytes of rainbow tables behind it. Um, those guys are all fucking badasses, and he is probably one of the best Doxus engineers in the world. Um, so if you ever need to learn about how cable modems and those things work, uh, he's a guy to talk to. We got one more. Oh, oh vanished off on anything. No more. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, cool. Well, yeah. So, um, uh, you guys have anything? There's just, there's just so much stuff that I've wanted to talk about over the last ones that I haven't. Um, <laughs> so if, if you go, I'll, I'll try and find a link. But it, it, search for Evil Wi-Fi Part 1, uh, Jessica and Fonera setup. Uh, essentially, the hardware that you need to make the, like, coolest super attack Wi-Fi uh, honeypot that's, that's been made in a really long time. So you can get Jessica to, to play with kind of Metasploit and Hamster and Ferret together, uh, and then also use that to integrate into setting up, you know, Wi-Fi access points, kind of like we had talked to before. Um, with being able to say, all right, it'll it'll surf the air for people who are broadcasting a certain AP, then it'll stand up the AP, and then it'll use Metasploit to automate attacking them in that AP and put them to browser-side exploits and stuff. And, you know, what a, what a cool leave-behind or, you know, thing that you can do for assessments when people are like, oh, hey, you know, we want you to assess our wireless. Well, great, it's, you know, XYZ web keys and has all this other craziness. Uh, go back to easy way of thinking, right? Don't try and keep attacking the hard stuff. Attack every other user that's on that network that's probably dual-homed because they're plugged into the machines. You know, they're, they're plugged into the network inside and they still have their wireless on and that bitch is broadcasting. Go after them, set up routing between the two Windows networks, and bam, you're, you're on the internal network just because they've been broadcasting. So d- go look at that because it's, just, it's such a cool setup. Uh, again, J-A-S-A. G-E-R slash F-O-N-E-R-A. So Jesker and Fonera. L- look for those and you'll find it. Uh, and it's it's some really cool stuff. And I'll, I'll post a link up on the site. Um, what else? We talked about the social zombie stuff. Yeah. You, look, it, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. And they're going to be, you know, Kevin um, and Tom were on the show. And they're also uh, going to release Robin Wood's Twitter bot. Um, they're going to... It's going to be just neat, just the ways that they're talking about attacking those networks, and there's going to have some tools that they're going to be releasing there. Um, what else? It's just fun stuff. I, I actually, I would love to to read this. It's just kind of long. Um, if if anybody reads Gunnar Peterson's blog, um, first off, it's great. He's just got such a great view on security. Second, um, little be known to him and other people, he was actually the webmaster for Hunter S. Thompson. Um, <laughs> little, how did he not know that? Oh, yeah. Sure. So, what, was um, he like, who is this crazy guy calling yeah, me, making me you, do stuff? Exactly right. Like if you look, if you look at uh, Gunnar's blog, um, there's a post up there about being HST's webmaster, and there's a post from HST on security, um, and and it's it's really kind of great and insightful, and I'd love to read it. It's just too long, uh, but definitely go there. Uh, and take a look at it because it's a it's a really good kind of real world view of of what security means, um, 
and how you know risk is involved in that and everybody who makes these giant claims of risk and what it is and what it isn't uh, versus the human experience of what security is uh, so it's something cool to check out um, what else anything else super fun that you want to talk about before we let this one go um, yeah there's only one thing really uh, the the speech the, the career consultant speech with uh, Lee Kushner and, and Mike and Mike they had an article come out, Dark Reading, this past week, talking about how one of one out of every two security professionals is unhappy in their jobs. Mm. They're like, well, you you're, shouldn't be an auditor. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm ha- I'm extremely happy in my job. Oh, fuck I, I love my job. Are you kidding? Just as fuck right now, and I'm happy in my job. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a couple of things actually. Yeah. Um, the uh, newest 2600 uh, has some people who are on EL come out. Nice. So really. I don't have that in front of me, unfortunately. So, oh, so there's actually it's, EL people. There is EL people published in the summer. Oh, nice. Congratulations, guys. So, yeah, right on. And then Did also. McGrew probably was in there, you know, wasn't he? Wasn't he in there talking so. about his uh, taking down the dude who fucked with the healthcare system? I think so. And then also, um, and the, the hacking, is it Hack9? How do you say that name of yeah, that magazine? Hacking. I have hacking. Um, got one of our friends, Billy Austin, is an article in there. And then. I also, like some Billy. more people cool. have published, and some more people we know from EL are published also in Hacky Magazine too. Cool, damn, right on. EL's going everywhere. So We're it's EL worldwide everything. domination. Kick ass. There was a guy who came out. Do you remember that BlackBerry software uh, that got pushed to a bunch of Blackberries in the Middle East? And they suddenly, like, the batteries were just dying in 20 minutes, and yeah. everybody was freaking out. They With played. all the malware and shit on. Yeah, it was spyware that was uh, supposedly released by the U.S intelligence community. Something. They weren't blowing up bridges with them? Yeah. There was a guy in Asia who, who apparently did a whole analysis of the thing and came out and was like, yeah, this was, a, was supposed to be a beta. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> He's a like, beta. this is a really bad thing. My bad. It's beta. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to go on to the next one. Uh, next episode should be fun. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll have Mr. Uh, AA in to uh, talk about using the OWASP Top 10 uh, and hacking VoIP networks, which is something that no one talks about. Um, more or less, I haven't even seen any papers on it. He's going to talk about releasing some of them, but he's also going to give a couple tips of how you can attack VoIP networks uh, that, that no one really knows what vulnerabilities are there yet. So uh, that's next. Thanks for listening. Later. Bye.